Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to our show, number 937. We've talked on the show a few times recently about the benefits of watching birds as a way to relax and de-stress and improve feelings of well-being. We've had guests talking about this, and we've cited studies like one published in Scientific Reports that found that simply seeing or hearing birds was associated with an improvement of mental well-being for up to eight hours. Now we learn of research noted in the journal Ecological Economics, reporting that being around birds was linked to higher happiness levels, so much so that even an additional 10% of bird species in the vicinity increased participants' life satisfaction as much as a comparable increase in income. And here's a quote from Holly Merker, who leads a group called the Mindful Birding Network. She says, I've noticed more people are turning to bird watching as a form of self-care for mental well-being. Uh, just somewhat by coincidence in terms of this story today, Holly Merker will be with us here on the show in a couple of weeks to talk about the Mindful Birding Network and her Mindful Birding podcast. Audio postcard department. A few weeks ago, Jeremy Nault sent us a postcard from Brindisi, Italy. Well, he's back in the U.S. and has a postcard for us from the Sagamore Hill Solar Observatory in Hamilton, Massachusetts. And from Connecticut Audubon's Birdcraft Museum in Fairfield, Connecticut, the oldest private songbird sanctuary in the U.S. in a big migration hotspot, we have a card from Deb Eccleston. By the way, June 4th, or date today as we do our show live, is the 125th anniversary of the first meeting of members of the Connecticut Audubon Society. And Governor Ned Lamont has proclaimed June 4th as Connecticut Audubon Day. Postcards here, and starting off with Jeremy. Hey, Ray. Jeremy Nault again here. I'm out at... Uh... Sagamore Hill Solar Observatory in northern Massachusetts, back in the States. One of my favorite things as the sun comes up here at the observatory is all the birds we have out here just singing away. In the background you'll probably hear a um, rose-breasted grosbeak. We have a bunch of wrens here, tit mice, robins, you name it. We also have a lot of cowbirds. Always great talking with you. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jeremy. They're in northern Massachusetts. Now let's meet up with Deb in southwest Connecticut. Good morning, Ray. This is Deb Eccleston talking to you from the Connecticut Audubon's Birdcraft Museum in Fairfield, Connecticut. 
Birdcraft has a, a historic history in the Connecticut Audubon Society, especially this year as we are celebrating our 125th anniversary of the start of the Connecticut Audubon Society by Mabel Osgood. Birdcraft is a great spot for uh, migrants, especially right now as we're in full swing. And as I sit here, I can hear black-throated blue, blackburnian, bay-breasted, black and white, common yellow-throat, black-throated green, and many, many other migrants. I hope everyone's gotten out there this week and has been able to see some great birds, even if it's in your backyard. Thanks, Ray, for all you do and all Talking Bird crew does as well. Thank you, Deb, and thank you, Jeremy. By the way, uh, Deb recently assumed duties as membership manager at Connecticut Audubon. Congratulations, Deb. And Jeremy, after retiring from the Air Force, was asked by the Air Force to come back as an instructor program lead and contract manager in their work monitoring the sun for electromagnetic emissions. Uh, We'd need the rest of the show to describe all the work Jeremy does, but part of it involves trips to Italy, which made it possible for us to get his audio postcard a while back from Brindisi. It's our mystery bird giving us a preview of our contest coming along a bit later on in this morning's show. And we'd like to give that reminder again that if you're not hearing our show live, uh, there is a way to do it. You can enter our mystery bird contest, too. As a result, just go to TalkingBirds.com, and you can see how to listen to our show live with an Internet connection anywhere on the planet. Our show is live on Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Our mystery bird is a secretive, chicken-like marsh dweller. Among its adaptations for moving through its habitat are a laterally compressed body. It makes itself skinny. Its upper parts are streaked black and brown. It has gray cheeks, a rust-colored throat and breast, a long, downward-curved reddish bill, orange-brown legs, and long toes. Our bird breeds over most of the U.S. and Canada and winters in the southern states and down into Mexico. Clues in the sound. Prizes include a $15 gift certificate to Beautio Books, a wonderful place that's home to one of the largest collections of birding books in the world, and a 12-ounce bag of our favorite coffee, Birds and Beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee. Prizes on our Mystery Bird contest today, and we'll do the contest itself actually a little bit later on. And if you don't mind, we'll repeat the... uh, urge again to call us as soon as you possibly can once we start uh, the contest. And now, a royal salute to uh, more of the royalty of the Talking Birds family, and that, of course, is listeners who have become ambassadors, meaning that uh, we send them little info cards about the show, and at their convenience, they hand them out to friends and neighbors and fellow birders and would-be birders. So thanks to another Deb here. This is Deb from Stoneham, Massachusetts. She says, happy to spread the word about the show. Thank you so much, Deb. Thank you to Charlie from Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania. Charlie says he's been listening to the show since number 199, which was quite a long time ago. So thank you, Charlie. Please become a Talking Birds ambassador. Become part of the family. Very easy to do and, as we say, easy to be an ambassador. To sign up, just go to TalkingBirds.com, that website with no G in there, and click where it says Get Involved 
up at the top of the page, and you'll see the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come today, we'll talk to Jim Joyce, who spearheaded the creation of a group called the Friends of Horn Pond as one of their founders, and a program there in which hundreds of folks are plurting. That's picking up litter while birding. Also today, Mike O'Connor will join us for a live Let's Ask Mike segment in which he will answer a question from a listener about some morning doves. And up next, we're heading to the Rio Grande Valley of Texas to catch up with today's featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. According to folk legends, the siren-like call of today's featured feathered friend calls forth the presence of a roving, romantic spirit called Don Pucuyo. The bird is the common poraque. It's a long-tailed relative of other night jars like whippoorwills, poorwills, and nighthawks in the Capramulgidae family. The extremely well-camouflaged common parake is a medium-sized night jar with dark streaked upper parts, a white throat, black chin, rust-colored face, and gray-brown underparts. The male's long gray tail has dark edges with white patches on the tip. The female has browner patches. Common parakes feed by capturing night-flying insects like beetles, flies, and moths, flying for short distances from open ground and roadways, or sometimes from a branch or stump. And despite having very short legs, this bird can also catch prey by leaping up nearly two feet in the air. Only one place in the U.S. usually offers sightings of the common parake, the semi-open scrub country and woodland clearings of South Texas. It's also found through Mexico and Central America, and down into Peru and northwest Argentina, mostly as a year-round resident in all its areas. Male common parakes sing in near darkness through much of the year, especially at dusk and before dawn and when there's some moonlight. And this bird has something in common with cats. Its eyes have a special structure which reflects light back to the retina, helping them see flying insects in near darkness. The structure also reflects light outward, producing eye shine when a beam from a flashlight or car headlights strike their eyes. Hiding in plain sight and calling forth the spirit of Don Pucuyo, it's today's featured feathered friend, Nictidromus albicolus, the common parake. Welcome again to our show. It's number 937, Talking Birds. Well, we started an initiative here some time ago that we call plurting. That word is a mashup of the words picking up litter while birding, so plurting. And we've been encouraging folks to consider doing some plurting when they're out looking for birds. We've often found that some folks were picking up litter while birding before we coined a word for it. And one of those folks is Jim Joyce from Woburn, Massachusetts, just north of Boston. And he's about to join us to tell us about his group, the Friends of Horn Pond and their proud plurter. 
program. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Ray. Thank you very much for having us. On behalf of all of the friends of Horn Pond, I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and your uh, listening audience this morning. Certainly a pleasure for us. Nice to see you with that proud plurter badge right there on your collar there. Yeah. Uh, this is radio, Absolutely. So we can't show it right now. Jim, you're a naturalist first, as well as a wildlife photographer and birder and plurter. Tell us about the Friends of Horned Pond and your large number of members and plurters. Yeah, so the Friends of Horned Pond was uh, founded by uh, my wife, Patricia Sears-Joyce, Patty Sears-Joyce, Jeannie Bowen, and myself in August of 2022 after about a year of pre-planning and, and you know, design of, of how we wanted to structure the group with a real idea of helping to preserve and conserve the Horn Pond Conservation and Recreation Area, or Woober. So for those who, who, of you who have been there, you know what the pond and the conservation area is like, but it's known in Woburn as the gem of Woburn. Mm. It's approximately 102 acres of uh, ponds, interconnecting ponds, trails, uh, and all sorts of conservation land with a multitude of different types of bird species mm-hmm. and mammal species that, that call it their home. And so our group is made up of, uh, it's really a citizen science group, 645 members, uh, very well diversified with talents and skills, mm-hmm. um, and really designed around four focus areas that we have right now. The first is the monofilament reduction program that we have, that mm-hmm. reel in and recycle program, mm-hmm. as well as single use plastic and debris reduction and prevention gauge the vitality of the ecosystem through the types of birds that migrate in and out of the out of the conservation area on a on a seasonal and annual basis mm-hmm. and also second generation anticoagulant rodenticide elimination mm-hmm. uh, is one of our one of our key focus areas. all right little break up there we've got most of what you said i think we got the the gist of it there i am just so impressed by that number 645 members i always think of a group like yours of having maybe I don't know, 15 or 20 or 30 members, but 645. That is pretty impressive. How did you, how did you start the, with the plurting idea, Jim? So the plurting really started in September of 2022. And, and at the time, it wasn't called plurting because <laughs> we didn't know what plurting was. We didn't right. know it was a, we didn't know it was a, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And so it really started off in September of 2022, um, Patty uh, launched this, I had this idea and she called it the show us your trash campaign. <laughs> and so we had all of our folks that were out in the trails and, and they'd go out with their cameras and they'd go out with trash bags and, and they'd start to take photographs of, you know, they were photographing wildlife mm-hmm. and landscapes, mm-hmm. but they also started to pick up trash at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and her idea was, Okay, well, let's show us the trash. And so we started to put photos up of all of the folks with their great photos of the whole area, mm-hmm. plus the not so great photos of all the trash. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't until I got connected with your show in I think it was November on a on a, a rodenticide program that I I got into the website. And I found out about plurting, <laughs> and so we said, hey. We're, we're plurters. That's what we're doing. And, and so it just stuck. And so, so now we, we've, we've had these weekly uh, trash walks events, but they're a combination of 
well, let's go out and see, bring your camera, bring a trash bag, bring your cell phone, whatever you've got, and let's see what we can collect and, and let's see what we see for, you know, all of the beauty of the area and the not so beautiful part of the area. Well, I think what you're doing, Jim, is such an inspiration. I, I know there are folks listening right now who are parts of groups or starting groups or in groups who would like to follow your lead. Uh, you have a Facebook page that people can check out, Friends of Horn Pond. I wonder if you have some advice for folks, though, who would want to start a group like yours, including the flirting part. I, I'd say if, if folks want to start a, a group like this, um, the, the first thing is to have a, a real to have a real mission. Um, and I mean, there's so many groups out there, Facebook groups out there that are that are photography groups. Um, and they're wildlife groups, but they're photography groups. But if, but if you really have a, a if you really have a mission of of trying to conserve an area, ha- make sure you've got a, a solid mission statement, and and really make sure you've got a solid direction of which way you want to go. For us, it was we have a trash plastic single use plastic and debris problem, and we know that it's going to in, impact the ecosystem over a period of time, not only now, but but in the future, and we want to grow it. And so I'd suggest that if folks want to do this, that's where you start. And flirting, it comes right along with it, because now you've got folks that are out there anyway, that are looking at all of the wildlife, looking at all of the nature, and and then going back, and, and, and they have their trash bag with them. And so mm-hmm. they're helping the environment, and at the same time, they're getting that really great feeling that they've seen these wonderful birds <laughs> and wonderful animals at the same time that they're helping the environment. Beautiful. Jim Joyce is a naturalist and wildlife photographer, birder, and uh, one of the founders of a wonderful group called the Friends of Horn Pond. 645 members and hundreds of them flirting. Do check them out on Facebook, Friends of Horn Pond. And uh, we'll just quickly mention about your wife, Patty, because she has the slogan for the group, the motto that you follow. She she coined the phrase for the group, making a difference together. And that's what it's really all about. It's all about collaboration uh, and a collaboration within the group, a collaboration with all of our partners outside the, the city, Mass Wildlife, NOAA, uh, our rehabilitation community, wildlife rehabilitators and vet clinics, they are a major part of, of that whole of the of the whole process. Amazing. Jim, thank you for being on with us and for your good work. And watch your mailbox for more of those proud plurter badges. Thank you. Come here away. Jim Joyce here on Talking Birds. And up next it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty. 
an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. We want to hear that bird a little more clearly here. And we have ways to make that happen. Watch, watch this. There it is. <laughs> Our mystery birds, 781-837-4900 is the number to call to tell us what that bird is. Well, we think we know, but we want to see what you have to say. 781-837-4900 is the number to call as soon as you possibly can, so we'll have time for all this. Our mystery bird is a secretive, chicken-like marsh dweller. Among its adaptations for moving through its habitat or laterally compressed body to make itself skinny. Its upper parts are streaked black and brown. It has gray cheeks, a rust-colored throat and breast, a downward-curved reddish bill, orange-brown legs, and long toes. And our bird breeds over most of the U.S. and Canada and winters in the southern states and down into Mexico. That's our bird. Beautiful prizes from Beauty O' Books and Birds and Beans Coffee await And if we get to our bonus question, also a feather-friendly bird window collision kit. But all that together, the main thing is to give us a call. 781-837-4900 is the number on our mystery bird contest. Meanwhile, Mike O'Connor answers a listener question, I think. I think that's what he's doing. It's Let's Ask Mike Live in just one minute. Beauty O' Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit questnaturetours.com today. Birds and much more, guaranteed. Mike O'Connor down there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod, where something very, very, very special has just occurred, and he's going to tell us about it if we ask him about it, I think. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Ray. What happened special? I'm excited to hear about it, it myself. It says here that you just celebrated at the Bird Watchers General Store 40 years of operation. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Oh, my God. That's... Is this true? Listen to the crowd. That's impressive. The crowd loves it. Yeah, yeah. People are people are excited. And Mike, I remember being at your store for your twenty fifth anniversary, and our <clears throat> friend David Clapp was going. He he's the one that organized that. I think for you, that was that's the last nice thing David Clapp ever did. That's but what I had heard for that. That's what I had heard. Yeah, well, that was fifteen <laughs> years ago. But uh, as you say, you've uh, gone through uh, you know challenges from the internet and the pandemic and all kinds of things. And still, still going, right? Still yeah, we going. Beat out, you know, uh, Blockbuster's <laughs> gone and Borders yeah. gone, but we're still chugging away. It's you know, I don't know. 
<laughs> That's the like way to, come to phrase up with it. A reason why we're still doing <laughs> yeah, it, but I, don't know. I, I guess I get you know. I don't yeah. Have a reason. Don't overthink it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, that's what I would say. That's right. So you you have a a, a customer who uh, had a question about morning doves or, or an observation she made that uh, that you kind of explained to her. You sent a photo of a Chuck Will's widow, and I thought she had mistaken the Chuck Will's widow for a morning dove. Now, that, but that, that wasn't it. Subject. That wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Forget the Chuck. So what That's happened? Thing altogether. Yeah. This woman, Claudia, sent me an email because she had and and uh, doves, morning doves. She had two female morning doves and a male incubating the same nest. And this is impressive for her because, you know, no offense to some of my customers, but they don't even notice the, what kind of bird they have. And this mm. woman identified that the and morning doves look kind of identical, the sexes, but the male mm. is different, a little larger, a little browner. And she mm. could tell that there was two females and one male, and she wanted to know why were there were two females incubating and mm. plus the male, because the male shares the duties also, usually at night. And um, she wanted to know why. And my guess is, my thought is that something happened to one of the females' uh, mates, so perhaps, uh, you know, female A lost her mate or the entire nest to a predator. So she was kind of amped up to incubate some eggs, and she found this other nest, and she moved in. Hmm. And, you know, you know, kudos to this other uh, female. She said, you know what? I'm tired of sitting on these <laughs> eggs. This other lady wants to do it. Let her go do ahead. it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah go for it. So def- definitely a progressive situation there. She's going, yeah, yeah, you do it. So now she's got this. This these chicks are going to have two mothers and uh, uh, one dad, and so that's probably what happened. Is that some? And it's happened before a few years ago. I don't know if you remembered. We had a nest box, a nest box with uh, titmouse in there. Yeah. And uh, the titmouse was feeding its chicks, going in the hole feeding the chicks. But along came a male Baltimore Oriole. And we all know Oriole nests are these hanging socks. They don't go near nesting boxes, birdhouses, or cavities. But he was apparently lost his family at the same time. So he was still amped up to take care of a family. So he'd fly in with worms and insects and feed the baby titmice at the same time. So, this, you know, this does happen when they lose their all set to take care of a family only this time the titmouse wasn't as liberal as the morning dove couple she wasn't down with it so chasing this poor oriole around but oriole would fly around and then fly right to the nest cavity and put his head inside the hole and take off feed it again so claudia good observation and it's uh, you know it's kind of a little sad story they maybe lost to me but it's a good story that's gonna have a good family and uh, here's to another 40 years, Ray. you got to go. Another 40 it is, and uh, we'll talk about the, the... We had another topic, but we've kind of run out of time, and we'll talk yeah. about that uh, Chuck Will's widow maybe next time. I don't know. <laughs> You're obsessed with that. Yeah, we'll so many to topics. That. All right. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> okay, talk to you later. Mike Bye-bye. O'Connor at the famous Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod, celebrating its 40th anniversary. And uh, let's see, we have the uh, mystery bird contest to uh, return to. So um, here, let's do it. There's our mystery bird. And uh, I believe we have Deborah in South Yarmouth, Massachusetts. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? You're on Cape Cod. In case folks who don't know where South Yarmouth is, that would be... It's right in the middle. It used to be exit 8. I think it's 75 now. (laughs) Yeah, those exits. It'll take me another couple of years to get used to those uh, changes. 
I'm glad they mostly put, you know, what the old exit number was on the signs. Otherwise, yes, I hope they leave that up. <laughs> yeah, we would be lost otherwise. Well, you heard the clues and all that, uh, Deborah, on the mystery bird, uh-huh. which uh, is uh, what exactly? I believe it's a Virginia rail. I believe you are correct. The Virginia rail. <laughs> Beautiful bird, if you can, uh, if you can see it, and that is the uh, that is the answer to our mystery bird uh, contest. And I'm glad we've got it because we're just about out of time here. So, uh, okay, Deborah, thank you. thank you. Stay on the line, Jesse. You'll get your info, and we'll take care of those prizes there. Thank you. All right, thank you, Deborah. Correctly identifying the Virginia rail as our mystery bird. Just a quick reminder about our Talking Birds flock. It's our listeners' uh, Facebook page, Talking Birds Flock. Uh, we have uh, we have 400 and some members now and some wonderful place to go to talk with other birders about birds and share photos and all kinds of stuff uh, like that. Next week, we haven't completely finalized this, but I think we're almost there. We're planning to have a reporter from the New York Times as our guest talking about their new initiative called Go Birding with the Times. Thanks for being with us. See you next week. <laughs> Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.